0: You looking to pursue excellence and take your success to the next level? You're in the right place. Welcome to Excellence Mindset with your host, Ryan James Miller. All right. Well, welcome everybody to another episode of the Excellence Mindset podcast. And if you are watching this via video or you're seeing clips, you already know that I have my first returning guest on the show. Uh, I'm super pumped up about that uh, because Chris and I had such a wonderful conversation uh, the last time that we were able to record together. But beyond that, a lot of the feedback that I got and even from the feedback that I heard that she got was uh, the conversation that we had was really dynamic and complementary and it just seemed to blend really well together and so that's exciting because it's one thing to just have an interview type of conversation. I think those get really boring really quickly. And ours was everything but that, I think. We got to have some fun. We laughed a little bit. So welcome back to the Excellence Mindset Podcast, Chris Macchiarola.
1: Boom. Oh my God. you got it. That's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Last time, I think we practiced, and you screwed it up.
0: Oh, uh, I did, I did, and I had to bail out with the Chris Mac. but this time, I got it. I didn't even have to practice anymore. I just, like, just, my brain.
1: <laughs> super impressed, super impressed.
0: So, Chris, how are you?
1: I am doing great. I just got back from a couple weeks of vacation, went to Canada, then I went to visit family in the Maryland area, so... I'm good. I've come back, you know, down from like that crazy launch period, um, you know, after my book was recently released. And so I'm a little bit more settled now. And, you know, just able to really, I think, reflect on the experience and enjoy it a little bit, because that first you know especially a few weeks
0: was crazy so yeah yeah i mean i you know i haven't even said that yet but you know everyone's going to be excited to know and want going to want to go grab your new book release no approval needed she's probably going to show it boom right there so if you're watching on video it's got this dope picture of chris herself uh that somebody hand painted onto her back and so just it's a super awesome, uh, just captivating image to really suck you into wanting to, to check the book out. Uh, so, you wrote a book since the last time that we talked. You've had some uh, uh, big things happen and, uh, and some uh, uh, continued business decisions and pursuits and efforts. And so, if I was to ask you right now, you're back from vacation, you're fresh. What is the one thing that you're most excited about right now, just in life? I don't even care if it's not professional.
1: Uh, I'm really excited about the launch party that I have postponed. I postponed it to July 11th. One of the reasons I'm really excited about it is I had a number of people who just went out of their way to support me and help me all along the way of writing the book. and A number of them were women from LinkedIn, and they are flying in. For the launch party. And Whoa. so Yeah, I'm just super excited. Uh, you know, one of them I've never even met in person and we correspond all the time and I forgot when she was like, I can't wait to meet you in person. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's right. We have never met in person. <laughs> you know, you <laughs> sort of forget because when you can do stuff like this, um, you sort of feel like you know people and you've known them forever. And so, yeah, so I'm really, really excited. That's the thing that I'm most excited about right now, even though I've got some other things cooking. But um, you know, that's what's what's coming up right on the horizon. So
0: that's awesome. And, you know, I mean, I know I've been following all along, you know, as you uh, publicly leaked the fact that you were writing a book and the just brutal pace that you ran with to, to get it finished up and to get it released and being part of the private Facebook group and, and just seeing all the work that you put into that and the promotion that went into it and the support and the encouragement. And so do you feel like it was worth it?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, for me, it was a bucket list, you know, item and a passion project. I mean, it was never my goal to be a New York Times bestseller. I, um, I know what that takes. And financially, <laughs> I wasn't going to commit to the dollars that you have to invest in order to make that happen. Um, so for me to see it embrace the way it's been embraced and for me to be able to tell the stories and share the perspectives of women from all over the world, it was such an honor um, and I, and just what a learning experience for me that that was. And mm. it's funny because people say, gosh, you did that so quickly. I feel like it took forever. I mean, I, <laughs> and there were so many lessons along the way of things that I would do differently. You know, it was my first time and, um, I'm just so proud of myself for mm. having, I made a contract with myself in June of last year. And then as soon as I did it, I had this moment of panic and that lasted for a couple of months and I didn't do anything with it mm-hmm. um, because I allowed self-doubt to creep in.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then, you know, had that come to Jesus meeting with myself and was like, cut, cut the crap enough, you know, you can do this. And so um, it became, I actually, interestingly enough, I had an accountability partner that we had, we, she was you know trying to get her book out also. And we, she was way ahead of me. She, uh, we don't talk anymore. Somehow we lost touch. I I Hmm. honestly can't even remember her name.
0: Oh my God.
1: (laughs) Terrible. (laughs) I don't even know where she lived. I mean, Uh. you know, she, she was like in her thirties, younger than me. She was a mother of brand new twins and she had this incredible energy where she was, you know, up all night writing. And I'm like, I couldn't even get started because fear was in my way. And, but she helped me get over that. She's like, you know, sounds like what you need to do is get these interviews scheduled. You can't write a book without the interviews, right? Cause that was my plan. I was like, yeah, you're right. I just need to like put myself out there. And so LinkedIn and Facebook were a huge part of that. Mm. Um, but when I lo- I actually have the contract on my vision board, which I can see from here where I signed it, you know, the date and everything. And it's just amazing to see that I, you know, saw that through and it came to fruition. And so I, I'm definitely proud of the process, the journey. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And I, 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 when I see, when I see your face, uh, and, and I think as I have seen you post release, um, I think it comes across. And, and what I love about that is, is, I, I knew you before, uh, you know, to some degree, we, we to know each other a little bit. Uh, and, um, I would have, I would have said it would have been easy for people to assume that you've got it together. I mean you are like an EQ wizard and so clearly I mean you're going to set a goal for yourself like this and you know you're just going to knock it out of the park and so to hear that there was there was a lot of struggle in the midst of that which is like no duh right but to hear that and then to see the pride on your face after that that is just like amazing and I feel like that alone could be such an encouragement to people that are staring this ridiculous goal or challenge or obstacle or whatever in the face and, and seeing to them, seeing like, look at, it's not always what it seems on the front end. Not everybody has it together. So everyone's fighting something. And yet look at what the outcomes can provide, right? Look at the joy in being able to overcome these things. I mean, that's awesome to see.
1: I mean, that's, that's why I share that story because it's so easy. We know for people to compare you know, their struggles to somebody else's highlight reel because people aren't always talking about the behind the scenes struggle. And so, you know, I want to let people know whatever your goal is, there's nothing special about me and what I did. Mm-hmm. You can do it too. If I can do it, you can do it. And so um, it just really takes a matter. It's a matter of putting yourself out there and being vulnerable. I mean, you know, those thoughts of like, what if people hate it and what if nobody wants to buy it and they think my writing is terrible, all of that, I, mm-hmm. you know, ruminated on that for a while. Um, but if you can get out of your comfort zone, you will find the magic, mm. but it requires you just saying, who cares? Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. I'm going to do something that I believe in. that's going to bring me joy and not be so tied to the results, but be tied to the journey.
0: Mm. Mm. Yeah. And I think that you said something just a second ago that, um, stood out to me and it's, you know, not, you know, nothing makes you any different in that sense. And while I, while I agree that like a lot of people want to write books and a lot of people do write books or a lot of people are facing or pursuing these crazy things, but I think what does make you unique and this is where I believe we see people succeed versus fail. Even though nobody wants to use that word anymore, uh, why I see people succeed is it's what you did with the challenge or the obstacle or the goal in front of you. And I do think that's what makes people unique because some people look at those things and they just give up and they just turn around and run or try something else. It's like, well, I can't write a book, so let me just go ahead and do this instead. It's like, no, like sack up. You can't say that to a woman, but I just did like get it together, get out there and run. you know, just, just do it, do it. And, and not enough people are willing to commit to that kind of process.
1: I was saying, I was at a women's event earlier this week and, you know, all of these women who were sitting at this table with me were just in awe that I had written and published a book. And, you know, I said, I really, my brain works in very strange ways sometimes. And I think about uh, human behavior in mathematical formulas. And so I think about, and I put this actually on LinkedIn recently, if your fear is greater than your desire, that will equal no action. Mm. Now that can be addressed and it requires a mindset shift. Mm-hmm. So if you can find a way to make your desire greater than your fear, then you can start planning and executing. Mm-hmm. But until you get to that place, most people will ghost on themselves. And I think we've talked about this before. I you know use that terminology differently from how we know it from a social perspective where you know one person stops communicating with the other with no warning. I use it to refer to the fact that we have this big idea, this big goal. We give it a little bit of attention, but that fear creeps in and we start telling ourselves these convenient lies, mm. that make us feel better about why we're not going to pursue that. You know, I'm too busy or I'm not ready or I'll do it tomorrow or one day. And before you know it, we've put it, you know, we don't even remember that we have that. Yeah, It's, yeah. it's not fun to know that you're ghosting on yourself. You're letting yourself down, you know? So, um, yeah, I told that to a group of women and they were like, oh, you're so right. You know, that's the problem. That's what we, that's why I'm doing it. I'm not, you know, I'm not following through my dreams and my goals.
0: Mm-hmm. So. And yet it's so hard to instill that into people. I, I find like one of the biggest challenges in coaching people is the same thing. Is like, mm-hmm. I can, I can tell you my inspiring story. I can get you all excited and fired up, or I can make you cry to the point of where you really feel compelled to want to do it. But if, if, if that thing inside of you isn't triggered in some way, then, then you might as well just quit now, right? Like there's just, you have no chance. And so many people just keep going back over and over again. Like, tell me again, tell me again, get me inspired, get me excited. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. no, quit it, quit spending your money, quit wasting your time. You're never going anywhere.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. There was a woman, so at this woman's event, who was the speaker And her story I thought was so inspirational. So she was in government for 20 years in the Tampa Bay area. And she decided she was going to retire and become a filmmaker with no film experience. And she's self-taught and she said, you know, you don't have to be an expert in everything. She knew how to network. Mm. She knew to surround herself with people that could help her make her dream come true. And now she's getting ready to debut her third documentary. Wow. and i just like that's like such a cool story she's in her 50s she's reinventing herself i mean i, I think putting a book out there is a vulnerable experience putting a film i can't yeah. even imagine i mean that's incredible
0: yeah no that's wild no thank yeah. you
1: yeah i know i'm like oh my gosh I mean, that's that's insane. and then the financial risk too you know yeah. i mean i i if you don't know if you've you know anyone listening who's ever thought about writing a book there is a financial, a little bit of a financial risk. It does cost to be able to write and publish a book. Um, nowhere near what it what it is for a film.
0: Yeah, you know? yeah. I don't know. I mean, nowadays I can just pop my phone up and I can just start recording and eventually I'm going to get famous, right?
1: There you go. That's <laughs> a lot of true. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so you you decide that you are going to, to jump into the arena of book writer extraordinaire and so you have to pick a topic and you decide to explore the journeys that women have been on up to the point of can i say middle age is that is that a fair uh... that's the middle right <laughs> you're born you're born you get to that's the middle yeah you get to Maybe. 40 I would that's, say
1: the amazing age. Like okay, with, the amazing life age. Life starts getting really good.
0: I already pissed off like every woman that's going to listen to this that's in their 40s. I'm in my 40s. Come on. I mean, that's like the middle. This is like the best time of our life. We're at the peak yes. right now.
1: No, I think we're going to peak every decade, I think is going to bring something new and great. Okay. I really okay. All right. But I don't think you, I don't think, I think you think you're hitting your peak in your twenties. You're not, no. I think you hit, you're, you're hitting your peak in your thirties. You're not. It really starts to come together in your forties from so many different angles. And, um, I just think it's good. Just life is just going to get better.
0: And so, so why target the amazing age group? Why target women only? Uh, why, why go about this topic like this? And I'm, I'm, I'm interested to hear, you know, what, what kind of feedback you, you got as you started.
1: Yeah. So this age is a time of great transformation. Hmm. Women reach this age and they know what they like. They know what they don't like. There's finally starting to practice some self-forgiveness, self-acceptance, self-love, Um, realizing that it is not um, selfish to start putting yourself first. We're so used to taking care of the world and we, you know, don't take care of ourselves. And we reach this point where it's like, Oh, okay. I can't continue to do that. That's not sustainable unless I can start loving myself and carving out that time. And um, I think that we become, really intentional about feeding our souls in our 40s and owning our power and using our voice in ways that we haven't done before. And so it just was such a big, my 40s have been such a time of transformation for me that I wanted to see if other women around the world were having a similar journey. So that's why I chose the 40s. The reason why I chose women is because some people know my father died, it's been four years now. And when he died, we had a celebration of life for him. And about 300 people came all, you know, all different times of his life from edu- uh, elementary, you know, all the way up into his seventies. And my sister had a number of women friends there and I had hardly any. And it was one of those aha moments for me where I said, "Oh, I don't like this. And mm-hmm. it's my fault because when I, am very self-reflective. And when I looked at my journey up to that point, it was because not because I didn't value my women friendships, but I I put them on the back burner. I was a mother of twins and surviving that way and then had a demanding career. And so something had to give and those women friendships were put on the back burner. And so I made a um, concerted effort to change that. And I started running a women's group in Tampa and started putting myself out there and making all these women connections and friends, you know, professionally and personally. And so I started to hear some similar themes emerge as I would interact with these different groups and I thought, man, these stories are amazing and somebody needs to write them down. Mm. And so that was how I decided to start interviewing women. And then obviously expanded it beyond my circle with LinkedIn and Facebook and, you know, opened it up to the world.
0: Yeah. I I, I love that for a lot of reasons. I think too, excuse me. I think too, one of the, one of the big things for me, you know, uh, being a husband uh, to a woman that, Um, she has an amazing personality. She's very outgoing. She is everybody that has, is in a relationship with her, just loves everything about what she, what she portrays and how she treats people. And yet she struggled with so many of the same things. And I think that as, as I've uh, observed her over the last 18 years, and then other women, you know, just in my life and trying to be as um, observant and understanding and empathetic as possible in it. I think that there's so many challenges that women face, because they're women. So everything from um, so again, like, I hate to put her on blast, but my wife doesn't really ever listen to my podcast anyway. So she's not going to hear this she'll listen to this one for sure now. Um, but she really struggles with self-image and self-doubt and, you know, and to this day, like her very best friends at times, she, she, she'll ask me like, you know, do you think that, that maybe they don't like me? Like, why didn't I get included in that? And so I think that, that struggle, which has definitely been imposed onto women just, you know, throughout the years, but also is something that women kind of take on themselves, not, not, not in a way that it's their fault. It's just, it it just happens that way. So I think that's a really big issue. And so I love that, that you're addressing that side of things. I also think that, um, we, we have put women in this place where, um, they, they have to be competitive with each other in everything. Right. And, and I say we have put women in this place because yes, like you, you, you decide to do it, but by way of, you know, the, the, the perfect image of uh, the woman on the magazine cover or uh, the, the, the perfect mom, like in the church, it's like uh, the mm-hmm. Proverbs 31 woman or whatever. And so like all these things like are just imposed onto women as to like, you need to be this thing. And so not only are you now struggling with your own self struggle, but, but you're also now competing against everybody else out there for fear of not living up to either a standard or their standard or them specifically. And so, gosh, then cattiness comes into play. And so like, I don't even understand how you can possibly build a trusting relationship when, when all those things are happening. Like that's, just chaos.
1: Yeah. We, so a few things there and I'll start with women and, and how they connect. So in that women's group that I run, it always, you know, there's, we call it sacred sisterhood circle. And that's a component of when we meet where well,
0: I want to be part of that. sounds so cool.
1: There's, you know, it's judgment free. You can say whatever you want to say. If you don't want to say anything at all, that's fine too. We keep the tissues handy because people are going to be crying yeah. because it's all of a sudden it's this safe place to unload and I don't have anywhere else to do that. And so one of the things that always seems to come up every time we do that is there's always a certain number of women who say, I'm so glad I came here. I didn't know what I was coming for. I just knew that this seemed like something I wanted to attend mm-hmm. and I've, I've had trouble in the past connecting with women. And when you, cause I'm facilitating these groups. So when I, you know, ask them to dig deeper, it stems back all the way from when we were little girls Mm -hmm. and there was some kind of bullying or exclusion and that leaves deep wounds. And so that's one part of it. Another part of it is let's just even look at the corporate world women. And I I actually uh, led an emotional intelligence workshop yesterday for new leaders and half of them were women actually. And this was a capital one and that was great, but I specifically addressed them. I said, listen for so long, we've put women in this scarcity mindset Mm -hmm. because opportunities just haven't been abundant, but what we have to read. And so they've been very competitive and they never extend a hand to another woman. And I said, my goal is to change the narrative. So I want you to know that you're stronger together. You can collaborate. You can rise together, extend a hand. It's your obligation, mentor someone else. Um, You seek a mentor for yourself. This is really important. So there, there's a lot of, you know, different topics that we talk about in the book. But as you mentioned, you know, with body image and self image that came into play too. And I mean, almost universally every woman that I interviewed and I interviewed close to 60 women hated their body at one time. Hmm. I mean, seriously, like just think about that. I mean, the negative effects that that has on you socially, sexually with your partner, Mm -hmm. um, that's a problem. And so, by the time we're in our forties, we can look back at our teens and twenties, most of us, and go, "That was ridiculous. I was smoking hot. What was, what, was, what was I thinking?" You know. But we've we've come to a point now where most of us accept and love ourselves, um, warts and all. The, where I saw the a caveat to that was the women in their forties who just had a baby recently,
2: mm-hmm.
1: so they were still struggling with it, and it was affecting their sex life with their husband or partner. Um, and so, you know, and then when we talk about self-image, that's a huge one too. And it, Mm -hmm. and it comes into play with that self-doubt, that self-fear, um, what kind of goals you're going to, you know, allow yourself to pursue. I mean, there's so many, so many different angles there as well. Um, so it's just, I thought it was a very human conversation that I had with all of these women. And I, there were so many facets that we explored and, and I mentioned to you before we started this podcast that. I wanted to get your take on what the women had to say about what men should understand. Yeah. Cause I think we could have a cool conversation about that.
0: So let's do that. <clears throat> um, but, but before I, so I have a question because this continues to bother me and I think I can ask you without stepping on a landmine because you don't do this. Uh, okay. So when we talk about self image portrayal of women um, so one thing, and this is particularly online, that I still see pretty regularly is women claiming to not, but somewhat sexualizing their appearance, their image, right? With my content and my branding and, um, and so they're doing it, but they don't want to be seen that way.
2: Yeah.
0: And so, it's so frustrating to me on a lot of levels but at the most basic level it's like i hear you talking out of one side of your mouth that you're trying to advocate for this crap stopping and trying to protect women that are the victims of these types of things and on the other side of things like you need to put some clothes on right and or or even just you could be wearing all your clothes and even just the way that you're portraying yourself and i know we can go too far there but I just see like that happening. Like, do you see that equally or to some degree? And do you think that that continues to be an issue?
1: It's a really great topic for conversation. <sighs> uh,
0: and
1: it's interesting because part of me can say I agree with you to some extent, but part of me also says, you know what? We, there should be no shame in our bodies. Mm-hmm. Women should be able to dress however they want to dress and that's up to them. Um, And regardless of how they dress, there shouldn't be cap calls or inappropriate comments uh, on messages or anything like that. So I don't know, I think it's sort of a double edged sword and I don't have a super strong stance. Um, I I may have told you this. So this was probably like over a year ago, this random woman who I have never even corresponded with in my entire life (laughs) sent a, email inquiry form through my business website. She'd seen one of my videos on LinkedIn and she proceeds to tell me that she doesn't like what I'm wearing in my videos. And, um, she wants to show me how to dress. Whoa. And
2: she,
1: she sent me links. So all of these videos that she had is she had done addressing how she doesn't like how women are, are dressing themselves. And I just cracked up because one of her videos, she had sequins on and I'm like, <laughs> What the heck is going on here? (laughs) Am I being pumped? Where is (laughs) (laughs) Ashley? Like, this is so bizarre. And so, Uh, you know, I didn't even respond because I'm like, listen, sister, I don't care if you like what I'm wearing. Yeah. I am in my 40s. I will decide what I'm going to wear. Period. Yeah. Go away.
0: That's (laughs) awesome.
1: I'm going to wear what I want to wear. And it's not going to be sequins.
0: That's so good. (laughs) <laughs> yeah and, and and i and I do want to make sure that I close this off before we get into the other part by saying like no matter what to me there's absolutely no excuse there's no reason for there's never a case to be made in which a man should objectify a woman based upon anything perceived or otherwise like i i I, I don't tolerate it at all and this is coming from someone that this is a topic of a whole different conversation, but for many years previous to, and even in the beginnings of my marriage, these were some, some issues, not infidelity or anything like that, but, but issues like this. And so like, I've seen both sides of this coin and like, I just, I don't, I don't see that there's ever a reason for it. Um, I just, I just feel like there could be some balance in, in the flip side of it. Anyway.
1: Yeah, no, I do too. And, but I also see that, Hey, you know what? Zach sells. And so, yeah. It's not an even playing field and I can see why women are going to use, you know, what what God gave them. Yeah, <laughs> so I, yeah. I just see both sides of it and um, I reserve judgment or reserve my reserve the right not to make judgment, I should say.
0: I'm going to start unbuttoning my shirt when I record my <laughs> podcast.
1: <laughs> I, bet, I bet you, you would get all of these women.
0: <laughs> I don't know, but... <laughs>
1: That's hysterical.
0: Okay, okay. So, so, so let's talk about this book. So what, what are some things that you heard? And, and, and I'm interested to, to dig into a little bit of this.
1: All right. So I am going to... And by the
0: way, you know, like uh, I'm subjecting myself to, to a firing line right now. So let's see how strong my armor is.
1: All right. So let's see. So I think that this would be cool for me to read an excerpt to you short and get your response. So this is a chapter on what men should understand. And and I started by saying, you know, we value you, we love you, we don't want you to misunderstand what follows. Mm-hmm. Because I knew that when I asked women in their 40s this question, what do you want to tell the men in your lives? And I really came at it from more of just men in general, but mm-hmm. I think a lot of the men, a lot of the women answered it regarding like their love interest. Sure. Um, but I knew there was gonna be really strong opinions. I knew that and I knew it was going to be super interesting. So uh, one of my favorites is we know you have difficulty understanding us in our forties. We feel dot, dot, dot. Wow. Great, beautiful, secure, and confident in our forties. We are having an awakening, not a crisis. Give us our space. We need to own our voice. We were not made to stand in your shadow. We are true butterflies. I like that. So, what do you think about that?
0: one? Gosh, there's so there's so many things. So, um, I mean, is your
1: wife in her forties?
0: Yeah. Yep. So, um, yeah. So, so, so let me let me say this as uh, oh, I'll I'll just explain it as I go. So, I am loud, outspoken, the center of many people's attention, both self-induced and otherwise. Uh, I, uh, am a leader in the business community to some degree. I'm a pastor of a church. Uh, and so, uh, in every natural social interaction that we have, I'm at the front, she kind of stands behind her personality is somewhat the opposite of that. Mm. So, um, we, we have battled this all along the way, but by, I say we have battled this is I have taken a significant amount of time to understand her for who she is and allowing her to be that. Mm-hmm. And so that means for, like my, for my wife, it's if you don't want to be up in the front, don't be. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when it's your moments to shine and your moments to, to, to be you, I wanna not only let you do that, but I wanna find ways to support you in doing that. I love it. And, and at the same time, and so this is where there, this is very polarizing for people and, and I'm game for, you know, whatever comes after this, but I also believe in a deeply, a complementarian life. And so by definition for me, that means that I believe there are very specific and unique roles, which we have been created for in this Mm. world men differently than women and by role i i would never mean a ceo versus a a janitor or um a you know whatever like i I don't mean that at all what Mm. i mean by that is is we have been given certain facility and capacity to perform certain duties that the other sex and this goes both directions are not given but then that means that we need to do an even better job. And I particularly think this, com- this is on the men. We need to do a better job then of leveling the playing field as it relates to the value by which we are assigned independent of the roles we play in society. And I think that's where the biggest struggle comes into play is like, I understand that in social circle, the CEO is looked at as much more important than the COO. But I, I, I hate the idea that because the man is the CEO and the woman is the COO, that somehow the woman feels less valuable in that organization. And I know it's just the way that things are played, mm-hmm. but, but I, I hate that society is that way. I wish things would change. They can't necessarily. I know we're making a lot of progress, which has been great, but I just I think that we need to do a better job of seeing people for who they are, which is people, I would say, created yeah. in the image of God.
1: So can you give me an example of of what it is that you think, you know, men should be doing versus women where you say, you know, just naturally we're designed this way. I'm just curious as to how your brain works and what the story is there.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, so, uh, so uh, I would say a man, it has been created as that strength to lead to defend and to protect so Mm -hmm. even as much so like and again this is my own personal conviction and i'm going to take a ton of shit for this when i say this and frankly i don't (laughs) care i don't believe women should be on the front line of battle in the military Mm -hmm. not because they're not capable because but because i don't believe that that's what they what they have been created to do They are Mm -hmm. not less superior as the result of that. It's Mm -hmm. just because we have been created. Like our our genetics play into a lot of those things. Mm -hmm. And so I believe that that is critical and crucial. On the flip side, I believe that women have been created with a nurture and a care that cannot be replaced by Mm -hmm. anything else or anybody else in society, which means that in the home, when, when we're talking about roles that need to be played, a man, as best as they're going to try, will never be able to play the role of caring for, nurturing, teaching, and growing that child like a man can. I mean, uh, like a woman can. Really? Really? Yeah. I mean, I just, I, again, there, there are, like, if we look at, and, and studies and statistics get, get blown sideways, you know, in this, and so everybody is just as good as the study that they follow. But mm-hmm. when, when we see the absence of either or role in a home, we, we see children that are raised with potential deficiencies as the result of that. That doesn't...
1: Sure, but don't you think that, because we do see so many role reversals now where you'll see, you know, Mr. Dad is staying at home yep. and mom is out working. So it is, you know, there ha- there's still influence with both mom and a dad, um, with the kids and and there are some amazing dads that are staying home with their kids. And I mean, I think about Sonny Tannen, um, you know, comes to mind as like, just this amazing dad that is you know, there all the time, his wife is a doctor, um, you know, she's there after work, but he's the one that's, you know, at home with Om and doing incredible things as a dad. Um, and then on the flip side, when we talk about the military, I've met some, I personally would not want to be on the front lines, it's just not my personality, I don't wanna do that, but I've met some badass women where I'm like, wow, wow you know, they're really redefining how we think about women and the things that women can accomplish and, and do, um, in many cases just as well or better than men.
0: Right. But so, so, so here's part of my challenge there is, okay, so, so you said a couple of things that I feel like mm-hmm. they, they, they don't align with what, what I said earlier, which was equal value and worth different role. So, uh, I, I, casually compete in a sport of crossfit in which there are women that destroy me strength wise mm-hmm. speed wise everything that mm-hmm. doesn't like so i'm not i'm not concerned about that i'm not concerned that there's not a woman strong enough to go out and defend me in the military mm-hmm. I, i'm not i'm not saying that at all mm-hmm. uh, when when i say what i say i'm saying that i believe that men were created to protect mm-hmm. and we see that as far back as we can go in history, whether you believe that it's thousands of years or millions yeah, of no, years. No, I'm not
1: denying that. Yeah. And,
0: yeah. and then in the home, again, I don't think that because the man stays home and the woman goes and runs the world, that 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 creates deficiency in the home. I'm not saying that. And I'm not saying that that makes the man any better or worse, or the woman any better or worse, or that women need to stay home and men, men need to go out and work. but you, but even when that mom comes home, right, even if it's for shorter periods of time than the stay at home mom, they still contribute to that child in a way that the man can't because well,
1: sure, sure, but I, in, but to your point, I don't think I don't think we can say one is better than the other. Um, there, we play different roles. I mean, you know, my husband and I we have different strengths that, as you mentioned before, being complementary. Um, we're, you know, we're just naturally better at different things yeah. and, and that is important. You know, our kids get to have the benefit of that, mm-hmm. but, um, but I, you know, I, and he's such a great dad. I look at him and I'm like, you know, he, if I, you know, something knock on love, I hate to even say that what happened to me, he's such a great dad and he is very nurturing, mm-hmm. um, and loving and all of that, that, you know, my kids would, would be okay. They would miss me. But they would be okay.
0: Totally. And, and again, like better in performance, still to me would will never equate to better in worth and value. And yeah. and at the root of when people struggle with these issues this is what we're, we're ultimately getting to is like you feel like because you think somebody can do a job better than somebody else or perform a role better than somebody else mm-hmm. that, oh, that they are then assigned more value or seen mm-hmm. as more valuable. And that's mm-hmm. the garbage that I wish that we could stop and we can't. And so we have all these other things at work trying to elevate women, which I believe needs to happen mm-hmm. uh, in the workplace, in society, just in general. I believe that all needs to happen um, in order to compete with the deficiency we have in this other area, which is just seeing people for who they are. Mm-hmm. It's the same reason that we struggle with issues of race and sexuality because like, uh, th- they're different issues, but at the same time, we, we ultimately see that like, because you're different, Uh, you are less or because you're different, you're more. And it's just, it's, it's a disaster. And so I love the fact that um, with race in many regards, though we're still generations from ever seeing this thing get better, we're far, Mm -hmm. far better off than we were 50 years ago. And I pray that as we have seen this really resurgence in a fight for equality between women and men, uh, just now over the last few years that we will really start to see major progress. And I think as you spoke to like the organizational level, we're starting to see those things happen and I think that more is coming and I think that's awesome. I,
1: I certainly hope so. I mean, I'm, I, I try to do my part to change the narrative and encourage women to collaborate, encourage them to um, go for things that maybe, you know, we know from research that a man will apply for a job when he only meets 50% of the criteria. Traditionally, a woman will only apply for that same job if she meets a hundred percent of the criteria. Mm. So there's a lot of self limiting that we do as women that we have to change Mm -hmm. um, in order to be able to compete and, you know, I would love to see there be some, uh, with, Hey, yeah. I think that's really important. We are not there yet. We're not even close. Um, and just, you know, even some basic, basic human rights, as we look around the globe, there there's still some very frightening areas in the world where, you know, my sisters across the globe don't have basic human rights. Yes. And it's, it's very easy to forget that when you live in a country like America.
0: Yeah. Oh gosh. We are blind. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I
1: always tell my daughter, do you know how blessed you are to be a female born in this country?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, it's, it's really easy to forget. It yep. really is. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: See what can of worms you open?
1: That's my job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very good at that. <laughs> uh,
0: uh, I love it. I mean, again, like <clears throat> this is the stuff as, as you know, you regularly are talking to people about EQ, and you know mm-hmm. I, I speak about mindset. Like these mm-hmm. are the things. Like even here between you and I, th- there is obviously some difference of opinion, and really? and that's fine. Like I, I I feel like one of the greatest travesties today mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. that we cannot disagree on on <clears throat> things, right? It, big things, small things, unless it's really life or death, that we cannot disagree on things and continue mm-hmm. to further build relationships to Thanks. to and to seek to understand each other. Like I, I would want to have dialogue like this on this specific topic forever and ever. Like, you know, I, I don't want to disregard somebody else's opinion and mm-hmm. feeling and true, their true validity in, in in what they think, like we should want to do that. And we just don't, we suck at that.
1: Back to emotional intelligence, right? So what we're seeing is people have these really strongly held polarizing opinions and they're not having dialogue to, to seek, to understand. They're trying to have dialogue to only express their opinion and to Mm -hmm. sell someone else on why their opinion is the best one. We're not listening to each other. And so that is, that really is a travesty and that has to change, but it, it's part of using the emotional intelligence skill of empathy. And that unfortunately gets switched off when we don't agree with someone.
2: And mm-hmm. so it
1: requires mindfulness and self-awareness to be able to be like, okay, red flag, I'm the one who's got to change this behavior right now so that we can have an intelligent, robust discussion, even if we don't agree. And that's yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, when you said seek to understand, right, like there, there's so many issues lying beneath the issues. And so taking the time while, you know, as, as a blanket statement, again, it's, you know, uh, you know, equality and fairness, you know, in just this regard in this topic, mm-hmm. there are so many things that lie beneath the surface for each individual person, because while one person may have been fired from their job as the result of being pregnant, and another may have been passed over for a job because they were a woman, and another may have been Um, emotionally and physically abused in a relationship. Like there's so many different things that, again, if we just glaze over these topics as, as no, that, that's not valid. I'm moving on or I'm right. Like we're not even giving an opportunity to really learn about that person and where their struggle really lies. It may end up coming back up to the same thing at the end, but we've got to take that time. And I feel like we just don't do that. We definitely don't do it well.
1: No, I mean, it comes We need to be intentional about connecting human to human. Mm -hmm. And we need to be intentional about giving other people the benefit of the doubt, even when we don't agree with them. Mm -hmm. Because when we can do that, I guarantee you that we can find a lot more commonalities between us than Mm -hmm. there are differences. And that is where we can find a place where it's safe and we can start making change.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so you know, you, as you are um, interviewing and uh, and talking to women all over the world, and you're finding some commonality in the struggle, in the pain, in the hurt. Um, did you also find any common thread in terms of where they saw? I don't know if "solution" is the right word, but if they saw like light at the end of the tunnel and what that looks like.
1: Yeah. I mean, there, you know, there certainly was a lot of discussion about struggle in many ways, but there was a lot of lightness
2: mm.
1: in the book and there's a lot of humor and a lot of optimism and resilience. And so I think, again, it, it, it's such a, a good example of just our humanness, you know, mm. of all facets of who we are. And um, I think the women are, you know, especially in their forties, They recognize their power. They recognize that there's going to be struggles along the way, but they know that they have the tools to handle those struggles. Mm. They know how important it is to step into their power and use their voice because staying silent is no longer an option. And so, especially in, uh, you know, if you've worked with a coworker for a long time or you've been in a marriage for a long time, that can be confusing to a man who maybe you were completely different in your 20s and 30s and you weren't expressing yourself in that way so confidently. And so all of a sudden it can appear like a rude awakening to the men in our lives. And they're confused by like, who is this? Why is she all of a sudden so adamant about her beliefs and uh, standing up for the things that she thinks is important because that's not who they married. Mm. And, um, you know, so there's some interesting conversations around that. But I think that, you know, by and large, women in their 40s and beyond are very optimistic about their futures and about, you know, whether it's manifesting, um, you know, money in their lives or manifesting those things that feed their soul. They know how to do that. And um, and they're much more forgiving and more loving with themselves, which I think helps them to be better in serving others.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, one of my other kind of concerns here, sometime, well, I have a few, and I don't, we don't have time for them all. One of my other concerns here is, is that um, in in this effort for um, equality and uh, and everything that comes with it, which again, like, I hope I've made the case for the fact that, like, I really believe in it. Um, but in this effort, I do see a polarization. Yeah. And that polarization uh, is like, again, uh, I'm just going to be very black and just, you know, just very black and white here. And it's not this, but it's like, we need to, we need to align with the women. We need to side with the women. We need to get behind the women. We need to fight and we don't need the men to do it. And on one hand, i completely understand why it is the way that it is but my fear is and 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 which is then the desire my fear is is we're creating then a, a swing not to where one day the men are going to be you know treated like the women are now or or even worse were you know 20 30 40 50 years ago but like this this swing and and then we're not going to create cooperation and collaboration as human beings in society, and we will truly be defined by our gender, uh, which is its own host of problems. So, do do you do you see that? First of all, how do you feel when I say that? And do you, do you hear agree those with, things?
1: Completely agree with every word you said and I think that was something that was strongly echoed by the women that I interviewed was they recognize that the struggle is real, right? But no one's making excuses. Some of it is self-induced. We, we do it to ourselves as women. Um, a lot of it is that the deck of cards is stacked in, in men's favor and has been from mm-hmm. birth. Right. Um, but we recognize that, in order for things to change and for men to listen, we have to include you in the conversation mm-hmm. and it doesn't require yelling. You can be powerful by being firm and confident in just using your regular voice. It doesn't require shouting. It doesn't require anger. We again, this gets back to let's have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Let's bring some awareness. You know, I, I write a lot about women on LinkedIn and every time I'll have, you know, really reasonable men that I respect will say, gosh, I didn't know that was still an issue, Mm. but it's because I'm doing it in a way that involves and invites discussion and that's how we change things. You know, um, I was asked recently to be an ambassador for we, for she, which is a new nonprofit that was created to. Highlight the fact that uh, globally women entrepreneurs are only getting about 2% of the funding Mm. And you know, how can we come together both men and women to change that? So there are a number of men who are also ambassadors for that But that's how it starts is we have to come together and recognize that everyone benefits when we can achieve some parity in the things that matter Mm-hmm. And there's a perfect example. If we want women to succeed, well, why are they only getting two percent of the funding? And well, let's uncover why. Um you know, and what can we do to to fix that? So
0: yeah, no, I like that. And you know to to the men that the man that may have said that, uh, and i I would just, you know exhort anybody, any guy listening to this is, I, I feel that we're we're beyond um a place where we can use is ignorance as an excuse. I know that um that's that's a fair response and, and I know that they're not doing that with ill intent. Yeah. I just feel like that there there's enough information out there. I mean, just open your eyes, right, to to a lot of it. But I feel like it's time that again, we don't just We don't just seek to understand and learn and grow in areas that we personally feel attached to and passionate about, but we should really seek to understand a lot of just the social struggle and issue of today. And this is one that is so big. And so I feel like that there is such a huge opportunity for many men in this world to do a better job, to demonstrate that, um, you know, that. Uh, who we are as men and women doesn't define us, you know, in the way of worth and value in the workplace, in the home, in the world. And, and I think that until we see more men that are willing to, to take that risk and to become advocates in the right way, right? Because I think that again, it could get out of control, but like Mm -hmm. if the more men that are willing to do that until we get there, I feel like, Like, it's just going to be this continuous fight. And so I'm really hoping that in in our generation, we really do see uh, more men rise to this occasion. I
1: think part of it is, and I'm interested in your opinion on this, I think there's a power struggle at play in some instances. And I think some men feel threatened um, by the fact that, you know, women are are starting to rise and they worry about, you know, what, what will be taken away from them instead of let's operate from an abundance mindset Mm -hmm. just because we allow women to rise and to achieve and eliminate those glass ceilings. Doesn't mean that anything has to be taken away from you, right? right? Back to that value and how we derive and think of the value that we bring. Um, but I, it, I think it's an interesting conversation. What's your opinion on
0: that? Yeah, so I, I absolutely agree. I think that for for many people, it's like, well, if we're going to redistribute, then I'm going to lose something. So that's natural. Mm-hmm. Um, I, again, I don't necessarily think that that's the right mindset to have, but it's natural. Um, along that same line, and, and I've seen this happen. I think this is a small fraction of the population, but I think I have seen this happen where there are some organizations that are trying really hard to do this to look good and so in doing so that they are elevating women to to higher roles in the organization um, because they're women and so that i have a problem with because while in the beginning at, at least we're getting people into that place, which, which, I, which that I want to see. But before long then, it's you got there because of who you are, not what, what you accomplish. Mm-hmm. And so we, we have totally swung in the wrong direction because for now, in many cases, in organizations specifically, men are assigned roles of leadership because they're men and that's wrong. And mm-hmm. so by by doing that to equal the playing field, we could swing back in the wrong direction. Again, I think that's a fraction, but I think that there are some people that make that argument and there are there is validity to it, particularly for the organizations that are doing this for a marketing, you know, ploy like So
1: we, I I think that potentially could happen. I mean, yes, that could happen. But I think that by focusing on that, I think it Takes us backwards because then you know you can. There's always one bad apple in every sure. scenario, right? If we focus on that as being uh, representative of what's happening, then I think we we lose focus and 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 it it causes to um, you know to to move backwards instead of gaining momentum forwards. Because I don't think that that is something that's prevalent. Um, what I do see happening is that. There aren't as many opportunities for women for so many reasons. Mm -hmm. I just did a women's leadership event where Lee Hecht Harrison um, surveyed all of these executives in HR and asked them about their initiatives to elevate women to leadership roles. And 82% of the respondents from these organizations said they believed it was important to do so, but only 28% were satisfied with the results they were achieving Mm. to do that. And yep. so I just wanna want us to, you know, let's keep our eye on, on where things really are so that we can move it forward because it's the same argument as the people have made with, you know, African Americans and initiatives to do that or veterans or any other, you know, special population. And so let's keep it in proper perspective. Um, and while things are moving forward, it's at a snail's pace. Yeah. Really so totally. you can you'll see you'll see, you know, bottom line managers. Plenty of roles for women. But as we move past that first line, that's where they start to dwindle. And uh, recently I was at a pharmaceutical conference and this was a client of mine. And I, I, I walk in and there's a huge banner of the executive team. It's all men and one woman. And I know the woman. She just got promoted to that role. She just shattered that glass ceiling. So I was talking to her at this conference and I said, congratulations, this is a huge achievement. And I said, I see the banner over here. What do you notice? And she goes, well, I'm the only woman. And I said, okay, so what I want you to realize is that this moment is bigger than you. All of the women who are coming up behind you are looking at you. And it is incumbent upon you to extend a hand. -hmm. Not to just be satisfied that you got there.
0: Right. right. To
1: help other women, mentor them, because the challenges are different, the landscape's different. We network differently as women. Mm -hmm. We need to learn to be better networkers. You know, so instead of saying I don't want to go golfing because I don't play golf, well, go sit in the darn cart. I mean, (laughs) you know, go take some golf lessons. Put yourself out there, you know. Um, don't stay, don't stay at your desk at lunch. Go join. Mm-hmm. To join the group um, learn how to strategically network with people yep. you know don't just network laterally but you've got to be thinking about people above you and, and who's going to help champion you to get you where you need to go so there's a lot of things that we can do differently as women that we have to own and we cannot blame the men for it um, but there are things that men can do differently to help support us and so I just want to you know call attention to that.
0: Yeah, which which is exactly why like, you know, when I when I started the point by saying like there there is a lot more to do. And I think that when I say that there is this potential fear of this one thing happening, by that I even mean like I would never want to be um the the, the token person that was put into a role because, you know, whatever, because of that. And so By that I mean whether you are a man in the organization or a woman in the organization, leading or not, I feel like a big part of the effort needs to be in the process by which you're going to elevate people, not just to do it. And so maybe that's what I should have said first before I like started the rest of it, because I want to see this done the right way. Because I would hate, I would hate, hate, hate to ever get to a place where people are like, well, right? Because this happens not with men and women necessarily, but just another thing. It's like, oh, you got that position because whatever, right? Right. You're sleeping with the boss or, Mm -hmm. you know, because you're the son of the whatever. Mm -hmm. And so like, we, we, we want to be protective of, uh, or or have integrity in this process. So it's done the right way. Because I, like I said, I agree. Like there by sheer number, there should be just as many Mm -hmm. of one gender as there are another playing the role based upon the fact that we've all been given these gifts and talents and eventually we're all going to come up in a line pretty well to each other, right? Yeah. So I just I think that there there does there needs to be so much more effort put into this. I also like what you said there too about you know the the women that are being elevated through this mm-hmm. that that they can't take time to celebrate the fact that woo I got here. It's like okay now how do I bring people with me? I heard uh, Dwayne Johnson the Rocky said the other day like you know the only thing better than like being yourself is bringing people up with you. And, you know, I love that idea because it's just so important. Um, and along the way, I think guys need to, um, you know, to, to be a little bit more understanding and empathetic of the process, because I think that they're so fearful that they're not willing to bring women with them. They're, they're afraid of what may happen if they are outpaced by them. Right.
1: Right. Cause it's survival. I mean, that is our natural tendency, right? Is to yeah. be very protective and want to survive, but we have to start using that as a red flag. If that's where we're operating from, like, okay, I could do better than that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, one of the things that came out of that women's leadership event where, where men can help is help women with the language of the business acumen that they need to be mm-hmm. able to talk the talk. Don't just talk to them about executive presence, Women are more often coached on executive presence than they are on business acumen. Mm. And so that's an easy one to change, right? And then also just questioning your unconscious biases. We all have them. Yep. Totally. What are yours, right?
0: No, Absolutely. And, and I think that, you know, again, like, you know, when I when I was talking to, you know, s- saying about the guys being, you know, ignorant to some of this, I, you know, I think that it's important. I know we went through this exercise in the church a while back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's important in business too, that men should be recognizing like who their influencers are and who they're uh, and who they uh, uh, read. And so things like that, I think that's super mm-hmm. important. So yeah. like a, one of my um, inspiration. Somebody that I often look to, that I pay very close attention to, is Barbara Corcoran, mm-hmm. and I love her story. I love just her perseverance, and um, and, and I love the way that she speaks. And so that that kind of came by dumb luck to get to that mm-hmm. place. But you know, there there are so many other um, women out there that are doing amazing things and yeah. leading businesses, not just because they're women, but just leading businesses. And I think that men should pay better attention to seeking some of them out and learning from them, uh, both because I think that that will just uh, gain better perspective, but also it will give you a better understanding for how women think as they are on these similar journeys.
1: Yeah. So are, are you a fan of Brene Brown?
0: Yes. Huge, huge. So that Absolutely.
1: would be one that I would recommend for any man. Yeah. It's interesting. She has that Netflix special now. I don't know. Yeah, if
0: it was it. so good.
1: So good. I've been a fan of hers for a while. My husband, you know, never, I couldn't get him into it. He watched that Netflix special with me and he was like, wow, Yeah. She is so good. And what she has to say is so applicable to life and to your career. Yeah. Um, but the book Daring Greatly that she has, I think is excellent because it does segment out how vulnerability comes to play for women and mm-hmm. how it is different for men. And I think that's a great book and a great chapter for men to read. And um, I think there's power in that.
0: Mm-hmm. The other yeah. thing I was
1: gonna say, oh, go ahead.
0: No, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: No, I was going to say, you know, going back to the very beginning of our podcast, when you asked me, you know, about when I was in, chose to just interview women and what people thought about that. I, through that process of letting people know what I was doing over the last year, I had a number of men say, "Will you ever interview men for just a book?" And if I write another book. I will do that. Mm. And the reason why is because in these conversations with these men who've been like, I think this would be really powerful is that, especially some of the men who read and reviewed my book have said, the conversations that we had and the topics that we had are not often conversations that men feel safe having with other men. Mm -hmm. Typically, we'll talk about politics, sports, business, and stick to those three. Yeah. And it, it gets back to that vulnerability and culture of shame, right? That you gotta yep. be a man, you gotta be tough, all that. And so it could be really healing if I could get men to open up to me yeah. to for men to be able to read what other men have said on all of these topics, these some you know, similar topics I talked about with the women.
0: Yep. No, I I I, I cannot agree more there. I, I think that um you know that it it will help society as a whole i definitely think that you know it will it will help men greatly but i think that you know it's just it's important again that we go back to this idea of like w- we need to do a better job of understanding we need to do a better job of listening and we just it, it it's it's gone right and we're fighting so hard to try and take it back Mm-hmm. um and and i just wish that more people would be passionate about that because so many of the problems that we face in society today it's mm-hmm. i'm fascinated by the arguments that i hear and yet i know both people that are arguing and i know that they really end up they want the same conclusion right like right. Y- you often hear um you know the, the fight across the aisle politically and and yet at the end of the day they they kind of both want the same thing, right? Like they both want to help the country and help society and and they don't want to harm people. Um, there, there's some objection there and that's fine, but overall, like that's what people want. And yet like it's so polarized up at the top that we never get to understand that at the bottom we're, we're trying to accomplish the same thing.
1: Right. We lose sight of the common goal.
0: Yep. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: yeah. It's got to change.
0: All right. So we are coming up on the end of our time together today. Only today though. We're 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 just gonna keep doing this. And if you ever write that book, I want to be interviewing in it. you. I definitely want to. I don't. <laughs> I don't not even giving you. you a choice. <laughs> I mean, I was I was raised by a single mom for the mo- you know for most part of my life, and you know had a pretty rough relationship with my dad, and mm-hmm. had a, a quite a few significant experiences that helped kind of shape me. Yeah. Um, you know, to be the person that I am today and I'm far from really having this whole thing figured out, but mm-hmm. I, I love being able to have these types of conversations because again, it's just, it's so necessary yeah. and, uh, and it's going to produce better lives for every single one of us, right? Men, women, children, black, white, it doesn't really matter. And, and, and I really, I love that you've done this. I love to see, um, all of the accolade, uh you, you went Amazon bestseller in how many categories?
1: Uh number one new release. Number and one new release. I think it was like close to fifteen categories in that first month. Um, as far as bestseller rank goes, the best I got to was number two.
0: Oh, no big deal. Just number two. <laughs>
1: then I went on vacation and like, you know, got away from promoting. And so it's dropped out of that number two spot. But so I got to get back at it. I know that I, I know that it can get to number one with some concerted effort of letting people know that it's out there and, and all of the amazing stories and the perspectives of these women who are incredible. Um, and some of them will make you cry and some of them will make mm. you laugh and pee in your pants because they're just hysterical
0: so yeah okay so i'm going to do something fun here i just thought of this just as you said it so this podcast is going to go live a couple of weeks after we record Uh, so i'm going to make sure to include all of uh, chris's contact information uh, in the show notes as i always do i'm sure there'll be links to a couple of other things that we talked about but in addition to that for the first Five people that click the link to buy the book on Amazon. I'm going to make you buy a hard copy, not a digital copy, just because then you're holding it in your hand and you're actually reading it. So the first five people that do that, email me and let me know. I will send you back your money to credit you for you buying the book, because I think that that will just help to continue to get this message out. Chris is a friend. And I so appreciate and respect and care about her. But beyond that, it's just the message itself needs to be shared with so many more people. And so let's see if, um, if that is just the, the spark to get it going. I expect that more people than that are going are gonna to respond. And I'm going to have to just say no to you, uh, sixth six person <laughs> and on. But, uh, but yeah, let's see if we can just continue to support that message and continue to seek to understand women men to do a better job of of that i just i think that uh, we have a huge opportunity ahead of us so yeah, thank you let's chris get,
1: let's get back to human to human and as always it's such a joy catching up with you and having this kind of dialogue i i treasure it so no, thank it's, you Ryan.
0: it's awesome thanks for putting thanks for putting me in the line of fire i'm sure uh, i'm sure i didn't make a couple of friends but that's okay we can't make everybody happy all the time
1: that's right yeah. that's right it would be boring if, if we were always trying to make friends right
0: <laughs> Absolutely. So as I said, if you want to reach out to Chris, do so. All of her contact information will be in the show notes. Uh, As always, if you have any feedback for me, I'm sure I'm going to be getting some this time around. So go ahead, have at it, be kind, be gracious, but uh, be willing to ask or share anything that you want. And I will do my best to do likewise. So with that, thank you guys so much for sharing in another episode of the Excellence Mindset Podcast. Chris, thank you so much. I just love and appreciate you so much.